0: It is officially embarrassing to be a Syracuse basketball fan. The Orange get demolished by Georgia Tech at home. A quad four game, they lose by 20. It's their fourth straight loss of 17 or more. They have allowed 59 threes in the last four basketball games. We have a lot to talk about because the sky is falling in central New York. It's locked on Syracuse, and it starts right now
1: are locked on Syracuse your daily podcast on the Syracuse orange part of the locked on podcast network your team every
0: day. Hello, welcome into Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And we have so much to talk about today because we have now witnessed the worst four-game stretch in Jim Boeheim's tenure at the helm of Syracuse basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon today to get started. We have witnessed the bottom of the barrel. Things cannot get worse. We are in the catastrophe. We are in doomsday. Whatever you want to say, it is pure mayhem for Syracuse basketball right now. The fans are becoming increasingly vocal. Things are in a dire spot, and there is a ton to talk about as Syracuse drops their fourth straight, a 20-point loss to Georgia Tech. They've now allowed 90 points, three straight games. They've allowed 13 or more threes, four straight games. They've allowed 59 threes in their last four games. They have been terrible, and it stems on the defense. I just caught Jim Beheim's press conference, and it was weird. It almost was too calm like you've hit the eye of the hurricane. Right? You've gotten feisty Beheim year or all year round so far this season. Clapping back at reporters, giving some attitude, being stern, holding his ground. Today he looked defeated. And he said that this is my fault. He put his hand up and said, "We can't play defense and we can't stop anybody. That's the bottom line. That's on me. That's my defense and we can't stop anybody with it that is what's happening right now Jim Boeheim has given up on the 2-3 zone he put his hand up and said this doesn't work with this team right now you saw man-to-man played for 15 minutes of basketball tonight a lot happened and we have a lot to discuss today Twitter is going incredibly vocal Um, phones. I I was checking in ESPN Syracuse a little bit. Phone lines are going crazy. This right now is what could possibly be the end of Jim Beheim, And I'm not sure that's an exaggeration. It seems at this point in time that Jim looks defeated. And when you put your hand up and say, I don't know what to do. We're playing my zone. That is my defense and it just doesn't work. It can't stop anybody. I don't know where things go from here. I don't know how you come back from year two or for another year. I don't know how you come
1: back one more time because that is where the situation is. The hole you dig by returning
0: is far more likely than what you are going to save in an extra year or two. That is the situation right now. We have no longer sit and we no longer embark on this journey where we are pro-Bayheim 100% of the time. He can drive you into oblivion and we would support him. We're in oblivion. We have reached nothingness. We have reached the bottom. At halftime, I'm tweeting about the game and I'm getting three or four replies from different fans Talking about how they hope this continues to happen because they need to hit absolute rock bottom to see the change that the fan base is starting to get more and more and more vocal about. Things are bad for Syracuse basketball. I have never seen Syracuse play a stretch of games like this in my 24 years of life watching Syracuse basketball.
1: This could be the
0: worst game I've seen Syracuse involved in on the basketball court since I became a big fan, I would say. I know uh there were some mentions from Brian Higgins after the game about the DePaul game in 2006. I was eight. That doesn't really pull me like that. This is jumping off the page right now and maybe... You know, it's recency bias. Maybe I'm frustrated. Maybe I'm furious at the moment. Maybe it is the culmination of the frustration of the last two years. This seems like the worst basketball game that I can remember Syracuse being a part of. That is how bad this game was. And where we go from here, I'm not entirely sure. As we roll through the stats for Georgia Tech, okay, you've got Lance Terry who scores 20 points. You've got Kyle Sturdivant, whatever his name is, 20 points. You've got Miles Kelly, who put up a 30-piece. You've got Javon Franklin, who put up a triple-double in this game, 14 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. Georgia Tech scored 96 points in this basketball game. They hit 18 threes. They shot 45% from deep. They shot 52% from the field. Syracuse got demolished in this basketball game. And I'll even say this. For a portion of this game, the Syracuse offense looked good. Judah Mintz, 6 of 15 from the floor, 10 of 11 from the foul line, 7 assists, 23 points on the game. Jesse, 18 points, 8 rebounds on the game. Benny, another decent game, 11.7 rebounds. The offense isn't bad. The offense is all right. The offense does what it might need to succeed. The defense is in such a catastrophe at this point in time that it does not matter what the offense does. Syracuse will not win a basketball game until the defense shows something different. That was my key going into this game was that the offense needs to play the same game that it played its last time out on the floor. And I was wrong because the offense played a decent game. They were abysmal from three. But this team shot 48% from the field today, scored 76 points. They struggled from deep. Gerard two for six.
1: Benny hit one. Judah was one for six. They were four for 17 as a team. Not good from three-point land. But the defense is the topic of conversation right now. They played 25
0: minutes of the 2-3 zone today. They allowed 71 points in those 25 minutes now let me pull up my stats i did a little math here so in those 25 minutes georgia tech averaged 2.8 points per minute of play and syracuse was minus 22 point differential while they were playing the zone today in the 15 minutes they played man syracuse was plus two points differential and georgia tech averaged 1.67 points per minute that's 1.2 points less per minute uh, in the two or in the man-to-man than they were in the zone. Now I understand that is not purely indicative of what is happening right now. I get those minutes were different, but it did seem like the Syracuse man-to-man defense, which feels weird to utter. And as a weird sentence to say, did a little bit in controlling the pace in slowing things down enough to be more competitive in this game. That was the nature of the game, a 20-point lead. You want to slow things down. You play fast if you're Georgia Tech. Give Syracuse a better chance to get back into it. I understand that. But the fact that Syracuse switched to man saw a little bit of life, which was then, you know, quickly brought back out. Uh, it is interesting because Jim was incredibly staunch after the pit game and made comments about how, you know, Tony Bennett in Virginia lose by 15 and nobody asks him to switch defenses because that's the defense they play. Same thing here. And it got to a point tonight where Syracuse switched defenses because that is the point that they are at in this season, in this stretch of games where you are searching for anything humanly possible to put you in a position to win games. We got a lot more to talk about. We got Twitter thoughts that you guys are going bonkers on right now for You've got more Jim Beheim comments that we need to take a look at. This is an action-packed episode uh, because we have so much to talk about. And it feels like we are on the brink of major change in central New York. Do with that comment what you wish, but it does feel like that is the situation currently happening in the 315. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from our friends at FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. They've got fun props on here. They got a lot of important action. Uh, I'm looking right now. Should we stick with New York and play the New York Knicks tomorrow night? Let's do that. Minus seven. Knicks versus Nets. The Nets of, you know, they don't really have who you thought they had anymore. That team is diminished. Uh, So let's roll with the Knicks for a game. Minus seven. Uh, in the garden tomorrow night. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash locked. That's fanduel.com slash locked to learn more. Make every moment more with
1: FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Syracuse, embarrassed, demolished deteriorated, torn to
0: shreds, did I say embarrassed in the dome by Georgia Tech, a quad-form matchup. We got a lot to talk about. Owen Valentine breaking it down with you. Oh, boy. I I don't even know what direction I want to take this because of the emotion right now uh, and, and the raw sort of reaction to this game that we're going through at this point in time. I couldn't tweet most of this game, if I'm being honest. Uh, It was just frustrating. I felt like I didn't have stuff to provide because it is the same thing that we have witnessed. It's four straight games. Four straight games, Clemson, Duke, Pitt, and now Georgia Tech, where you have shown that there is nothing there on defense.
1: Nothing that the 2-3 zone can do to put you in a situation to win a basketball game. The offense is there. The defense is not. And you are looking right now and searching and trying
0: to figure out where to go from here. And the options right now are you you play two more games, right? You're playing two more games right now. You close the season out with Wake Forest at home in front of what could be a huge
1: crowd as they honor the 2003 team. You're going to play, in theory, one ACC tournament game. And then you enter
0: the gauntlet of what this offseason could bring. This offseason could bring new head coaches. It could bring new assistant coaches. It could bring a lot of transfers. You could lose a lot of transfers. You could lose a guy to the NBA. You can lose guys to graduation. You are about to enter what could possibly be the craziest offseason that Syracuse basketball has seen in however long you want to insert and the way the transfer portal runs, and the way NIL is involved right now, it could very well be the craziest offseason in the history of Syracuse basketball in terms of change, in terms of uh, turnaround, in terms of turnover is the word I was looking for. This could very much be an entirely different, not only
1: roster, but an entirely different program in six months, or in eight months, or nine months,
0: when the 23-24 season gets going. That is the situation that Syracuse basketball is in right now. I do not envy John Wildack right now and the decisions that need to be made moving forward, because right now you look at a situation and you see Jim Boeheim, and I will say this because I think it's a worthwhile point, Jim, with the name, still does more for recruiting for Syracuse basketball than a coach of lower historic success in terms of having enough
1: value there to bring players in. Does Jerry McNamara have that same value? Does Red Autry have that same value? Does an internal hire bring you any increased
0: value in terms of recruiting in terms of bringing players in, in terms of winning basketball games. Right now, and I mean no disrespect to the assistant coaches on that bench right now. Right now, the answer is not sitting on the bench. The answer is elsewhere in college basketball or in the NBA or wherever. I don't care, but I
1: do not think the answer is sitting on the bench. And this game is starting to bring into reality the differences
0: that we are going to start seeing and I think you're going to start seeing them as soon
1: as Saturday. When Syracuse's regular season comes to a close. That is what happens here. That is where things are.
0: I, I don't even, like, I'm not even angry right now. And I, I think I'm almost similar
1: to the way Beheim was almost too calm after this basketball game. Answered questions. Pretty composed.
0: Saying this, saying that, taking the blame, taking credit, he doesn't know what to do. And not knowing what to do is not a good sign. And not knowing what to do typically is not indicative of a coach that is going to come
1: back and have more success. I am a massive Jim Beheim fan. Historically, growing up in Syracuse,
0: growing up following Syracuse basketball as thousands and thousands and thousands
1: of other people have done. It is saddening. It is frustrating. It is unfortunate. It's disheartening to be in a position right now where he is so, I don't want to say disliked, but
0: it is so frustrating that this is the conversation that continues to happen. Week after week, game after game, and
1: episode after episode with regards to this podcast. But that is where we currently stand. Okay? To quote Batman, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Jim Beheim is a hero in that he built
0: Syracuse basketball to national prominence and to a national title and to number one seeds, and to Final Fours, and to AE Big East tournaments. I almost botched there and said an ACC tournament. To Big East tournament titles, to Big East
1: conference titles. He's now turning into the villain. Where you are on a nosedive. A nosedive right now. There's not a pilot in the cockpit right now. The steering wheel's jammed. There is no adjustment that could be made right now to right the ship at this point in time. Oh, let's go to Twitter.
0: Maybe you guys can give some ideas. I'm I'm frustrated right now. I'm disappointed. I don't know where my my thoughts are right now. Um, it's it's big. I'm. A little perplexed. Uh let's take a look at Twitter. Um starts off. Sorry, GMAC, we gotta pay up for someone new. Yeah, I, I think that might be the answer right now. External. The easy word to throw out there is patino. Do your thing. I don't know. Whatever it might be. Uh I don't know who it is, but it's it's gotta be external at this point. Uh Jeffrey Nelson, not too many actually, since I've been saying stuff all night. Very disappointing. Cuse looked overmatched against a low-level ACC team, and that includes being outcoached. I don't remember the last time I've said that. The only positive was Cuse didn't look half bad in man. It's a weird comment when you hear Syracuse getting outcoached by a 12-17 and Josh Pastner-led Georgia Tech team. I don't even know if it's outcoached at this point. It's just out-teamed and out-played because the defense isn't there. And they're doing a little bit of ball hawking and ball watching where they're not hunting the ball down. And that is where you're, you're starting to see some difficulties. Gene Panacci just says no words. Easy enough. Mad pad keeping. Nick, another career night for like three guys in a historic record-breaking evening for an entire university's history. How many of those have we watched this season, this decade? feels like every game these days, yes, if you want a career high, if you want to break a record, you play Syracuse basketball right now. 18 threes allowed by Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech hit 18 threes against you. And, yes, they were able to chuck a few that maybe wouldn't fall on a traditional night, but they were getting open looks and second-chance looks, and then they were taking another another shot and another shot and another shot and another shot. It was like, I've used this reference before, there is a Family Guy episode where they're playing NBA whatever, and there's the hack, right? Corner three, corner three, corner three, that was Georgia Tech tonight. Not only from the corner, but just Georgia Tech three, Georgia Tech three, Georgia Tech three, that was the basketball game. It was frustrating. It's tough to watch because it has been two weeks of that. 59 made threes
1: by Syracuse's opponents in the last four games. 59 59 3s in four games. As f- almost 15 threes per game. That is what we're witnessing
0: right now. Q's hole. Not sure if the switch to man-to-man helped this team. Seems the issue is the defense, but rather the way the defense is played or seems the issue isn't the defense, but rather the way the defense is played. I'd be interested to see the stats comparison between both. Yeah, we talked about it. About 1.2 fewer points per minute when they played in man, but not the true indicative, you know, that's not a big enough sample size. It was a very different situation. uh, So I'm not sure how much it shows uh, at this point. We got free beers taste better. Drink a bunch of beers after this game. Maybe a shot, maybe three shots. Maybe you get drunk after this game. That is what we just watched. Maybe after this stretch, after this two-year span of Syracuse basketball. It says pain, pain, so much pain. It hurts. Please stop hurting me. Please stop. It hurts me. Wow. Free beers taste better. That is the quote of the day at this point in time. Lorraine uh, says, this is so sad. Um, The Prince of Fall. Says, I'm tired of JB defending the 2-3. He didn't defend it tonight. He switched to man. And then in the postgame, he put his hand up and said, my defense isn't doing enough to stop teams right now.
1: Mackey, 118. It is over. Okay, it's over. It's not good, but it's over.
0: Tony Blah Blah says, I genuinely don't care if this team comes back.
1: I hope they do. I like a lot of these players. I like Justin Taylor and the potential that's
0: there. Our buddy Shields on Hoops talked about it. I think Quidere Copeland's got a really, really high ceiling and where he can go. Uh, I do, despite the struggles, I like Benny Williams. He's a good kid. He wants to do it in orange. Uh, I, I've talked to him since the before he committed to Cuse or right after he committed. Uh, it's He's a guy that I I think understands things and it is frustrating to see him struggle. So I I like him. I like these players. Judah is a generational talent out there uh, in terms of Syracuse point guards, in terms of what he is doing as a true freshman, top 10 in the ACC in scoring, could damn well be the ACC freshman of the year, him and Filipowski in that conversation right now. There are a lot of guys that I would love to see come back in terms of the players. I'd love to see the steps that they take and the growth that they can make. I don't know if we will. Malik Brown, same boat. That's there. And I, I want to see things work out. But ugh, yeah, I don't know. Tom loves Lamar, says Rick Pitino in all caps. I don't know. Seems like the easy thing to throw out there right now. I'd be curious to see what other names could come up if and hopefully they do go external on this one. Who's the next coach? How many players transfer, Dave? This is about 3 months worth of episodes, my friends, and you're at, or my friend, you're asking me to answer this right now. Who's the next coach? I do not know. I have not a clue. And that is a long, long conversation and multiple conversations that will happen. How many players transfer? I would assume two or three, um, but who knows? Depends on coaching, depends on who stays, depends on a number of things. I think there's guys that would love to play another year with Judah, and if Judah's gone, maybe that influences a decision. Uh, up top, Cuse has a, <laughs> a picture of a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's what this is right now. Uh, Bed Sidbury said this should be JB's last season. He's run this program into the ground. Recruiting, coaching, and development are terrible. It's brutal right now. Uh, it really is. And that is sort of just what we're looking at. I I don't know what to do right now. I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. These are episodes that I, I don't love doing. I hate coming on here and saying that it's time for someone to no longer have their job. But I do think that we're in a situation right now where the conversation might just be warranted. And for the first time, it seems like Jim Beheim in that press conference was giving off this persona that maybe he is coming to terms
1: with that too. And that's where we currently stand. There's a lot that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks and the months that subs-
0: or that uh, that follow up this season and these last two seasons
1: and a 47-year career as the head man at Syracuse. There's a lot of conversations that are going to happen. It's sad. Uh, It's emotional, right? This
0: is a guy that is the face of a city and the face of a program and the face of a university, and things just aren't what they need to be in order to succeed. I mean, no disrespect to him. I look up to what he is able to do. I think a lot of others do as well. And a lot of these angry comments come from people who are loyal to this program, to this team, to the university, and want to win and want what's best.
1: And sometimes tough decisions have to be made and tough conversations have to be had. And that's where we currently stand. I'm sad.
0: I'm frustrated. Uh, I don't really know if tomorrow I wake up, I'm recording this immediately after the game and I feel any better or if I feel worse or what things are right now in terms of Syracuse basketball. Uh, If you're listening at this point, still rip it in the comments, let us know, you know, is, is there hope? Uh, Is the night darkest just before the dawn and I'm missing something? Um, I I hope that you guys aren't like taking pleasure in this, right? It's never fun to see something that was once so bright and so amazing and so joyous get to this point. But the more and more we watch, and the difficulties, and the comments, and the change of persona, the more we start to think back on what might happen here. That's where we'll leave the episode off—a somber episode. A somber note. Maybe if you're looking for a little bit more uplifting content, you check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Isaac, Andy, experts, coaches, players throughout basketball. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Owen Valentine. I will catch you on our Thursday episode. We might have a special guest. I'm not exactly sure. We're trying to coordinate that right now. If you like what you heard, please please, please, please. We would greatly appreciate it. If you subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts, if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe there, watch
1: another video there. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you tomorrow.